All right, welcome in everybody. Let's dive right in. Now, in this latest deep dive into trying to distinguish just how much reality can bleed into mythology or vice versa, I wondered at the Irish myth of the leprechaun. I tried to see if there were anything in human history uh, that could explain just exactly what the leprechaun was or is, or even give us a rough idea where the tale came from, right? Where the folklore behind the leprechaun really originated from. My first connection that I made was the people of the Pygmy Societies in Equatorial Africa, whose definitive origin and ancestry is also a mystery. Now, the origins of the leprechauns came about around the 8th century, where legends about tiny, water-dwelling, small-bodied peoples started circulating amongst Celtic folk. They are categorized as the Fair Folk, or fairy folk. Most Irish historians and purveyors of Irish folklore and tradition, the likes of W.B. Yeats, all agree on a few defining traits of the leprechaun, such as average height being around three feet, uh, they have shiny buckled shoes, as well as often finding work as cobblers or shoemakers. And of course, they have those cherub-like demeanors. There are some folk traditions that say leprechauns are descendants of the, and I know I'm going to butcher this, uh, the Tuatha de Danann, or the folk of the goddess Danu. And I apologize to all of you Irish folk out there. I am just butchering this, I know for a fact. Um, now, when the first settlers of Ireland came ashore, uh, they conquered the Tuatha de Danann and drove them to live underground or in the other world. Now, the name Leprechaun has a few supposed origins, right? But uh, it's thought to have derived from an Irish Gaelic word. And again, here comes the, the butchery, uh, Leprechaun which is defined as, and here's one of those real-world connections, meaning pygmy, a sprite, or leprechaun. And this definition comes from Irish historian Patrick Demian. Now, depending on where you are in Ireland, leprechauns have different looks and manners about them. Northern Irish leprechauns wore a sort of military-style red coat, with white breeches and sported a broad-brimmed hat. Now, if you found yourself in Tipperary, they would sport an antique slash jacket of red with peaks and a jockey cap and would have a small sword that would sometimes act as a magic wand. The Lurikonway of Kerry were described as fat Percy fellows having jolly round red faces and cutaway jackets. And they... Ooh, here comes the butchery. <laughs> you guys are going to be so sick of me. The Clurric Conway of Monaghan 
wore red swallowtailed evening coats with green vests and long cone hats that they sometimes used as weapons. So leprechauns, it seems, uh, have very regional distinctions, right? It's not just a one-size-fits-all for the leprechaun. Although in more modern, uh, certainly commercialized tellings of the leprechaun, we, we think of them as having like little green vests and white shirts. Um, they, they have a matching green hat. They're crazy for gold and they make shoes. Uh, we think of the leprechaun horror movies. We think of, you know, like the Keebler elves, the Lucky Charms leprechaun guy. Um, all very commercialized and bastardized versions of what Irish folklore is to say the least. Now, pygmies. Very little is known about the definitive origins of the pygmy peoples of equatorial Africa. Uh, Adult pygmies, uh, they can grow to be about 4 feet and 10 inches tall. Not much taller than our mythical leprechaun, which were said to be about 3 feet tall. Now, one of the first literary references of the pygmy people is found in uh, some Greek literature. In Homer's writings, actually, he describes the pygmies as a tribe of dwarvish people reputed to live in India and south of modern-day Ethiopia in the 8th century. The same century that the tales of the leprechaun began spreading amongst the Celtic peoples. Now, pygmies are thought of, uh, amongst some historians, as being descendants of late Stone Age hunter-gatherer peoples. Um, again, with very little being definitively known of the, uh, the histories of the actual tribes of uh, pygmy peoples, it's kind of difficult to say. But it's, it's a very common belief that uh, they are direct descendants of uh, those hunter-gatherer tribes of Central African rainforests. Now, most pygmy cultures are known for having great affinities for music, uh, mostly vocal, and uh, they're they're marked by communal improvisations, which is another little loose link to leprechauns because leprechauns are kind of thought of to be uh, jovial and uh, whimsical mythical creature. Now, most pygmy cultures, they they have these culture and, and histories that are also, for the most part, very unreliable, meaning that they're not written down anywhere. It's all by word of mouth. They, they don't have, you know documents in, in historical records going back hundreds or thousands of years like a lot of other cultures might have. So it's it's very difficult to to tell much about their uh, their history, their genealogy, their peoples, where they come from, uh, if they ever migrated from anywhere. Uh, like how most most people in most countries they're from somewhere, right? Uh, I mean the, the people that settled France uh, they were not from France, and France was called Gaul 
at one point in time and it, it was i mean that same thing is true for most places uh, in the world right so much like characters uh, of the irish legends the pygmy peoples have several differing yet related languages spread amongst the peoples found in at least five different regions along equatorial africa now this similarity is significant because language usually carries culture along with it. So we have a handful of different cultures within the pygmy peoples, just like we do with varying types of leprechauns described to be across Ireland by folk historians. Now, where legend, or at least the theory of where the legend meets truth, where the rubber meets the road here, most of this is just connecting some very loose dots that may have absolutely nothing to do with each other, right? Were there really tribes of wandering, errant pygmy peoples who migrated northward and settled in Ireland? I mean, we can't say definitively, of course. But there are undeniable connections, however sparse and however far-fetched they may be. I mean, completely coincidental, it's possible. I mean, they, they could genuinely just be coincidences. Of course, it's always a fun exercise to think through and explore the possibility of making such a connection, especially when that connection could result in, hey, leprechauns were real, but I mean, they... They were just called leprechauns because the Celtic people were not familiar with what big meat peoples were. I mean, they, they had no clue. If it was, say, uh, Egyptians or people of the Congo, like they're very close geographically to the African rainforest. So they would have been familiar with the Pygmy peoples, but... Celtic people? I mean, they would have no idea, probably. So it would only make sense that people way back then would have seen a tribe of pygmies and thought something mythical was going on. They, they would have thought them to be a magic folk, you know? Uh, they, they would have thought them to be fairies. Sure. I think that says much more about the the Celtic people than it does the pygmies. Who's to say the opposite? Seeing as we know very little about the history of pygmies, who's to say that they wouldn't have wandered, you know, what was out there in the world? Who's to say that they didn't have explorers and adventurers amongst them that may have taken their friends and family on great pilgrimage of exploration and discovery. Maybe when they found new lands with new climates and animals and foods and coasts, I don't think it entirely out of the question that those adventurers would settle down in a new, wild, and open land such as Ireland back in the 8th century or before. And I believe it entirely possible that you could have a whole tribe of wandering pygmies who traveled north and ended up in Ireland and settled in places where the Irish natives would 
concoct these fantastical stories and, and tales that would eventually become myth and legend in due time. And although any evidence of the fair folk is not but rumor and myth, the tales of the leprechaun do live on in varying form and fashion, inspiring new stories and breeding fresh ideas to spurn fancier and taller tales. And we see them in modern myth that we call comic books and classical movies, and serial drama, and science fiction, and it's evolving and reshaping with every generation. And with the added benefit and, you know, constant developing technologies and modes by which we can intake entertainment, we can see these new myths in a myriad of ways that are much more detail-oriented with attention being paid to the most minute detail to varying degrees. I mean, hell, the big streaming services alone put out at least a dozen new shows and movies every other month. And though, yes, these giants like Netflix and Hulu do draw the most attention, YouTube, Spotify, and other smaller streaming platforms do offer a ton of site-specific content that you won't find anywhere else and there is a literal worldwide audience for them. Thanks to the internet, of course. Now, to be clear, am I calling pygmies leprechauns derogatorily? Of course not. I mean, I, I spent a good, better part of the past few days studying uh, what was on the internet concerning uh, the pygmy people and looking at what historical documentation we have about them pygmies are proud and culturally rich and diverse groups of people uh, that have this fascinatingly mysterious origin that I just happen to love exploring I, I like when things in real world history don't have definitive answers we we sometimes run up against this wall where history can't give us an answer. It can't say one way or another, oh, well, this is where these people came from, or this is how this happened. I, I mean, history is just littered with things like that, right? Like Stonehenge or the pyramids in not just Egypt, but uh, Mexico and Asia. Um, there the Easter Island heads. I mean, there's all sorts of mystery and myth and legend and folklore scattered throughout history. And they're sometimes our only anchor to explaining what may have been going on in the world at that time. And along the way, you know, I also thought while researching the uh, pygmy people, uh, how cool it might have been that an offshoot of those people could explain the truth behind the mythos of the famed Irish folklore that we all have come to know and love. So you, you can trust that I'm coming at this from a, a very genuine uh, and, and student-esque type mind frame. Uh, I, I would love to know more. I would love to be able to travel back in time to 8th century Ireland and just take a look around and see what's going on. Um, 
Maybe go ask Homer what he actually saw, right? That would have been really cool. But yes, that is all I have for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and stick around for some more Sci-Fi Unchained. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends. And may the Force be with us all.